Real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700, the champ. Good afternoon. Welcome in once again. It's The Drive on 1700 The Champ. Trent Condon, Wolfgang with you here on a Monday. And boy, do we have a busy show lined up for you today. Coming up at about 420, we'll be talking Cyclones with Ben Visser from the Cedar Rapids Gazette. A look back at Iowa State's 28-14 win over Baylor. The brawl on the field. We'll get into that and a whole lot more. Plus a look at basketball tonight as the Cyclones take on a decent Texas Southern team coming in from the SWAC team that already has a win against Baylor. Then at 440, Steve Batterson will stop by. We'll talk Hawkeyes with him. His thoughts on what he saw in Kinnick Stadium on Saturday and the basketball win yesterday over to UW-Green Bay. Then the 5 o'clock hour after the top 5 at 5, Andrew Garda will drop in. We'll talk plenty of NFL football with him the week that was across the National Football League. Wolfgang, here we are reunited once again. And he didn't burn the place down. Good work out of you. Thank God. I'm so glad to see you. I don't know if you know that or think I'm even joking. Where were you Wednesday and Thursday? You're like the Noah Fant of this radio studio. Oh, yes. Yeah, because I'm never around. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I get two days off and I use it to, of course, work even more. <laughs> Whoops, I didn't work, did and, and I work from uh, early in the morning through late at the night, call it high school volleyball in the state tournament from Cedar <laughs> Rapids. What a great environment that always is over there. Really did have a great time. Then on Friday, I was at the Unidome calling a doubleheader. A lot of windshield time over the last few days, put a lot of miles on the vehicle and uh, ready to go. But thanks to Mike's Auto, got the oil change right before I went. Rolled smooth all the way through in those windy, cold conditions across Iowa. Made my way to Iowa City on Saturday. Back home then, and uh, yeah, the the voice is getting better. I'm building, coming off some illness, coming off a busy week. Ready to roll this week. I actually can hear that in your voice. Little little extra gravity. Yeah, no, you can tell. You can tell you're probably not feeling the best. Um, I am glad to see you. I don't care what you say. I'm very glad to see you. Uh, Watching that game, the the Iowa, from the Iowa standpoint, I don't know where you want to start, man, but... Mm -hmm. um, Maybe so. We only have chairs in here. I think maybe we need a couch. A couch? Why? You you want to go? Because I'm not happy. You're gonna diagnose some. I'm kind I'm kind of pissed. Is that fair? Uh, I don't get pissed. I love me some Kurt Ferentz and Brian Ferentz. I don't get pissed. I know you do. You you have been uh, a big big fan of Brian Ferentz. I was never a a big believer in it. I had concerns about it. How much we would see changes offensively, and one of the biggest concerns I always had is when things went south. Where would the rest of the coaching staff be able to turn? If you didn't like some things that were being, I don't know, here's an example. Maybe you're, you're looking at it and you're the wide receivers coach and, and tight ends coach and you say, you know, I don't like the way we're utilizing our All-American tight end that had <laughs> nine, uh, nine snaps in the second half of a winnable game against Northwestern. Please say that one more time because nine I snaps. can't even believe it. I mean, maybe you look back and say, you know, we had a, a Hail Mary attempt against Penn State. We know they didn't get it off, but... They had a Hail Mary. How about we put our 6'5 receiver that has a vertical leap of 42 inches? You know, how about we put that guy out there? No fan was sitting on the sidelines for that final play against Penn State a couple weeks back. Inexcusable. And there is a lot more building inexcusable. You lose a football game, that's all well and good. You're, you're going to lose football games. And the margin of error for a program like Iowa, we know it's thin. But they have now lost this season games against teams that they're more talented than. They've won games that they certainly should have won. This is multiple times now. You can point to the players. You can point to Nate Stanley. You can point to the defense. 
giving up 150-plus yards to a freshman running back and a team that couldn't run the football in Northwestern. There's many, many different fingers that can be pointed around, but I think you got to start at the top, and you have to start at Kirk Ferentz. And this is, this is something that continues to confound me. Noah Fant plays nine snaps. So I, I just wrote that down. Nine snaps. It's, it's to the point where it seems ridiculous. Yes. That's how crazy it is. Mm-hmm. He played nine snaps in a half of football. This is the guy that everybody cannot wait to have on their NFL team. Yeah. Okay? Doesn't mean we agree with everybody's, you know, looking at, we're not, no offense, I'll just speak for myself. I'm not a huge fan of Nate Stanley. I like him. He's Okay. But he's not first-round okay or second-round NFL okay. If he is, then I know nothing about football. Well, you don't get to play Indiana in the NFL. You don't get to play Minnesota. Yeah. You just fire their defensive coordinator. You do, <laughs> but are you agreeing or disagreeing with the first, second-round? Th- he doesn't get a grade out of that with me, ever. But let's let's keep it here to Noah Fan. That's Let's start the conversation so, there because this is the most confounding part. Now, there's a couple of directions you can go. He's still not healthy. He had the concussion against Minnesota. He, he's had some other dings this year. Now, he was asked afterwards, no, he's healthy. And if he wasn't healthy, the the number would be zero. Zero snaps. <laughs> Thank you, yes. If he wasn't healthy. So there were snaps. He was, he was available to play. There's no pitch count. He's not a pitcher. <laughs> Look at you. Totally went where I was going to go. You, so you, you so can't there was no that. pitch count there. there. There's no pitch count. I don't believe in the pitch count. Sorry. Well, we know that's not the case here for Noah Fant. That's not the case. So there's a couple of things. It is either an attitude problem, right? It's an attitude problem. That's one direction you could go. You could say it's an attitude, that, that he's causing problems and you can't do that in Iowa football. Okay. You can say that. Now, of course, that hasn't been said if that's the case. This is just open to interpretation, and if, if they're not going to give us the full story and they're going to have their media firm over there that talks to the players before the game, as Doc, Scott Dockerman in his piece with The Athletic <laughs> yeah. talked about, and if that's the direction they're going to go, we don't know. That's why we have to speculate because they don't give us the true story, and Kirk Ferentz won't give us the true story. That's the way it is. I know that's the reality, but that's what leads to these kind of conversations. It could be that. It could be the coaching staff is just not smart enough. I don't believe that, but... We have to throw it out there. Maybe they just don't realize what they have over there. That very well. TJ Hawkinson's a fine tight end. I don't believe that's the case, but we're just throwing out theories. And the final theory is that Kirk Ferentz, he has an axe to grind. And he doesn't like the way that Chris Fant, the brother of Noah You're Fant, being serious now. Who, You're really who, going here, for real. Okay. Let, let's do it. Let's, let's go here, because this is the only thing that makes sense to me. Because I don't believe that Brian and Kirk Ferentz are dumb enough to only play a guy nine snaps because they don't think, what, he's good enough to play more than that? Come on. I don't think that they're so stupid that they think schematically it makes a lot more sense to go to Max Cooper in the end zone <laughs> than it does to go to there. Fair I, point. I, I don't believe that Kyle Gronewig, they say, you know what? I think Kyle Gronewig gives us a better chance of, of winning a Big Ten football game than Noah Fan. I don't believe that, so I'm going to take that one off the table, and I'll give Brian and Kirk the benefit of the doubt. But what I do believe very well could be the reality here is Kirk Ferris doesn't like the way that it has been handled from the fan camp. That he doesn't like that it is, and this isn't just something that happened after the Minnesota game. This has been going on, and he's had some tweets deleted, but he has been tweeting multiple times that they're not not using him in the right way. And the snap count, shaking their head about it. And you know what? If I was in the fan camp, I'd be asking the exact same questions that they are. When it first happened against Minnesota, and I was playing well in their winning football games, like, eh, I didn't like it at the time. Now, 
I completely understand it because this team isn't winning football games. This is a team playing down to their level of competition. This is what I think. I believe Kirk Ferentz has a vendetta that he oh is going out there and he is wrong, man. putting but... he is putting his ideas of what football should be, what football players should be ahead of the direction of this football program. And for all intents and purposes, he punted the 2018 season to send a message to the fan family. Oh my gosh. All right, so it's worse than I thought because I trust you as a guy that loves sports, loves talking about it, and isn't cray-cray. What else could it be? I can't figure because it out. Come, come up with a realistic scenario, the reasoning behind it. So, real quick. Yeah. Fant had a problem with how they were playing Fant. Chris, Chris Fant had a problem with how they were playing him before he actually... We've seen this. So he's had a problem all along, right? So is that fair or no? You understand what I'm saying? He's questioning the snap count. And you remember after one of those games, and it was brought up, and and Kirk threw a dig back at Chris Fant talking about snap count. As he should. Mm. Yeah, you should. Is that what you You want? You don't do that as a head coach. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I didn't like that. I did not like what I saw from Kirk in that. Well, I, I would say Kirk too, but I'm also talking about Chris Fant, who's the head coach of a high school program. Can you understand? If I if he was on the program right now and I went, what would you think about the parents of your tight end tweeting about how little snaps they're getting? Mm-hmm. So can we both say I wouldn't? I mean, is that fair? Yeah. I, come on, Chris Fant, you can't do that. And I would say Kirk, Kirk's a great dude, man. I love the dude, and I think he's a great coach, Hall of Fame coach. Yeah. So I talked with somebody today who thinks he sucks for an hour. Golly, man, he doesn't suck. Can he get better? Yeah. Yeah. So what are our expectations? The offense needs to get better. There's and no I'm, doubt. I'm damn well sick of it, okay? Because mm-hmm. our defense, Iowa's defense, is really good and yeah. always has been for how many years? At what point do we go, it's okay to score points? And there's what's, what's the uh, terminology that's being used now with a marriage between the offense and defense? Is that something that I'm not... You understand what I'm saying? So you don't want your defense on the field a lot. Oh, of course, yeah. So Game I, control. Yeah, so you that's not the word I'm looking for, but you, you understand what I'm saying. Um, I just think that I don't understand why Iowa can't just figure it out offensively. They've figured it out defensively, and it's not just total yards or total defense. or It's efficiency where you break it all down, Trent. At some point, Iowa needs to get it, and I understand the Fant thing. Why are you not for the love of God, throwing it to Fant in the end zone versus Cooper, who we've barely seen. Matt I liked Jones. Cooper. Remember back in the day? Well, of course. I liked his high school tape. Do you, do you like him more than Noah Fant? No, I'd rather pass it to Fant with his 42-and-a-half-inch vertical leap, and you keep saying 42. Okay. <laughs> Regardless. <laughs> it's 42-and-a-half. Um, I'm joking. I'm obviously joking. Um, but, yeah, you go. So do you have a theory better than mine? Because that's the only theory that makes sense to me. I think every theory sucks. That That— that Kirk Ferentz is being a vindictive old man. No, I, I will not. No. Okay, I will then, not go then, there. Then what is it? Then what's he doing? I don't have a better one. Because that's the only thing that can make sense. I don't think that about him, man. I really don't. I, I hope that it's wrong. I like Kirk Ferentz as a person. I know you do. I know man. you do. He is a great man. I know you do. He has done incredible things for the football program. Being in the top 10 five times in a 19-year run, that's big time. That's big time as a coach. Only two of them have come over the last 14 years. He hasn't won a Big Ten title in 14 years. 
He has played for one Big Ten championship since they split and went into the division format. One great year. One great year in the last decade. One. So I had this conversation, like I said, literally, Trent, for an hour. Mm -hmm. And this was not like 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there. It was like a straight hour. And so I brought up some of the things you did, but you brought it up in another fashion. So I'm going back all the way to 2002, right? So five out of 19 years, five out of 20 years. So that's, what is it, 20%, whatever it is, okay? Um, I'm getting what you're saying. I don't want to expect less, but at some point we have to be real. So what? Are, where do you be? So I'm talking to people that are Blue Blood fans. Mm-hmm. So And I can't really put my brain with them. We don't connect at all because if you think five out of 19 years finishing in the top 10 sucks, if you think five since 2002 sucks, then I don't know what to tell you. What is okay? What is your expectation is what I'm asking this other person. And I'm not bashing them because we as Iowa as Iowa fans, we look at the Hawkeyes wrestling. We fired a damn coach after he scored. What Didn't he get two national championships? And, Zaleski, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so I understand why it's different with the Blue Bloods, but at some point you actually have to, what is your realistic expectation? Is it 30%? Is it 20% finish in the top 10? Is it? Here's why it's frustrating. And and big picture aside, for this year, for this year it's frustrating because this was a winnable year. This team has enough talent to win the Big Ten West. This team has enough talent to play in a major bowl game. This team is good enough to be there, and they fell short. And they're trending once again to another 7-5, and 8-4, and four, ho-hum. I get to go to a decent bowl game. Okay, but we've seen a lot of that. We, we've seen a bunch of that throughout the years. That's the frustrating element. Big picture, sure. Five out of 19 years in the top 10, that's great. Two of those have come in the last 14 years. You know, 2004 is a long time ago. College football has changed a lot since then. When everything lines up perfectly, yeah, Iowa can have a special season. They had one of those seasons lined up here, and they didn't do it. And they're losing to Northwestern. And they're losing to Purdue. And they're losing to Wisconsin. And they're losing ground to those teams. Five consecutive losses now to Penn State. A team that, though historically is a step up, they're just a half step behind. Five consecutive losses there. Three straight losses to Northwestern. Wisconsin has completely lapped them in the Big Ten West. Even in a terrible year for Wisconsin standards, they still beat Iowa by two scores. At Kinnick, at a night game, at the latest kickoff ever. Is this trending in a positive direction? That's what I don't know. And I heard your boy Bama Bob. And I, this is not an exact quote. I will go listen to it. Go to the, you know, 1700, the champ, and listen to what he said. He's not a fan. He's like, maybe it's about ready time to move on. It's an almost exact quote from him to the point where this program is not heading in the right direction. That's what he said. That's the concern. That's so, the concern. I mean, we can talk about this all week, and I'm not going to ask you. I'm not going to force you. I think that's absurd. We will get into it. we got plenty of time. Coming up next, Iowa State fans, we didn't forget about you. we got plenty coming up <laughs> on the other side. Ben Visser is going to join us in a monster matchup this week. And uh, Texas on tap next. Tom Herman getting the, getting the shots fired on Twitter by old Zach Smith. Iowa State was also pulled in, and Iowa State recruiting girl. What is that? <laughs> Maybe Ben Visser knows. We'll find out next year. It's a drive on 1700. Live play-by-play coverage of every NFL primetime game right here. 1700 The Champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. 
It's green, moron. Come on, move it, you clowns. 1700, the champ. Right now, traffic. Here's a look at traffic for your afternoon drive home. And right now, we are running with accident-free conditions. No big issues or delays to report on as of now. Drive safe out there, Des Moines, and have a great evening. From a bear messing up a car interior to a deer damaging a pool liner, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Are you interested in starting a new franchise? You can find a lawyer right here in the state of Iowa to help with your franchise law needs. Rush Niggin with Brick Gentry Law PC provides law services for those involved in starting a new franchise. Find more information online at rushonbusiness.com where Rush Niggin can assist you in buying or starting a new franchise. A presenting sponsor of the 2018 high school football season on 1700 KBGG. Brick Gentry Law PC and Rush Niggin. Looks like we have another contestant for Russian Roofer Roulette. Place your bet. Choose from unmet expectations, we overpromise and underdeliver, or we'll carelessly drag our ladder over your daffodils. Let's log on to Google and play. I'm Ryan Johnson, owner of Right Roofing. Before you play Russian Roofer Roulette, give us a call. Right Roofing is one of the only local roofers with a 50-year warranty on both the shingles and the labor. So you know that when we roof it, we'll roof it once and we'll roof it right. For a warranty on materials and labor that's five times longer than most companies, call Right Roofing at 515-729-0770, where we say you choose the color, we'll handle the rest. That's 729-0770, or find us online at rightroofing.com. That's rightroofing.com with an R. Roof it once, roof it right, right By the time that we got up there, his room was filled with smoke. The wind had blown and drifted the snow up against the side of my house, blocking the exhaust from my furnace. I heard the smoke alarm going off in my friend's apartment. Without the kid a smoke alarm, my son would not be here today. Had it not been for that carbon monoxide detector, they would come to school and not have their teacher there. I grabbed my fire extinguisher and put out the fire. Kid makes technology that saves lives. Get these essential products at the Home Depot. Know someone who'd like a power tool for Christmas? Get a Ryobi Combo Kit now at the Home Depot at a new lower price of $99. That'll save you 50 bucks. Get a Ryobi 18-volt 1-plus drill and impact driver kit with two lithium-ion batteries that power over 125 Ryobi tools for $99. And get an early start on the holidays. This is how you take care of your Christmas shopping list. The Home Depot. More saving. More doing. Valid through January 23rd. This year, it's our year. No, no, no. This year, it's my team. Yeah, this is the year. This season, everyone is going to know where I'm tailgating. My team, my colors, my flag. Hello, it's why I fly the flag. This is the year you fly the colors of your favorite team. And you'll find those colors at Heartland Flagpoles and Flags. The largest selection of team flags anywhere. Every team, every sport, every flag. Almost. Buy online and get free shipping. Heartlandflags.com. At Wolf Construction, we do many large construction projects across the Midwest, but we started as a roofing company, and we're still a roofing company today. At Wolf Construction, we believe in honest work, a fair price, and work we stand behind, and our 10-year workmanship warranty proves it. We know roofing. 
With our one-day get-it-done approach, we're known as a roofing machine. Call Wolf Construction for a free estimate at 515-225-8866 or visit us on the web at wolfconstruction.net. At Wolf Construction, we take your roof personally. Does overpaying for something make sense? We don't think it does at Charter House Real Estate. That is why we have completely changed the commission structure at our real estate firm from what you are used to hearing about. Gone are the days of 6 or 7% to sell your home. We charge $24.95 plus 3%. Don't worry if that sounds a bit odd. Just know that on average, our sellers save thousands in real estate commission when they sell their home with us. The best part is our sellers still get full service, including social media marketing, their home on the MLS, a dedicated agent, and much more. Head to charterhouseiowa.com and use our calculator there to see what your savings could be. We are Charterhouse Real Estate, and we are changing the way you think about selling your home. Charterhouse Real Estate is a team office under Space Simply. Vehicle advertising print wraps can be seen tens of thousands of times a day. If you want to increase your advertising footprint with the full or partial final print wrap on your business vehicle, go to CompleteAutoWraps.com. Complete Auto Wraps also specializes in full-color change color wraps. Change the color of your vehicle or add a customized look with a print wrap to your vehicle, motorcycle, or boat. Don't pay big dealership or national sign chain prices when you can get yours installed by a professional trained and certified installer. Contact Corby for more information or a free estimate at CompleteAutoWraps.com. The Drive with Wolfgang and Trent Condon. Real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 The Champ. Welcome back. We continue here. Trent and Wolfgang taking you home on a Monday afternoon. Wolfgang, talked a lot of Hawks there in segment number one, but how about Iowa State? First time in program history, they have won five consecutive conference games. This program continues to go into, well, heights we've just never seen before. Win the games you're supposed to win. How about that? Mm-hmm. Okay, so this the, the Texas game, I get. If Iowa State loses, I get that. You're supposed to beat Baylor. They beat Baylor, and it wasn't close. We, there was no—I didn't sweat at all watching that. That's what you're supposed to do, Trent. And they did it. Joining us right now to talk about that and a whole lot more on the Cyclones, Ben Visser from the Cedar Rapids Gazette as he joins us here today. Ben, thanks for joining us here, and a busy time for you. You got wrestling yesterday. You got basketball tonight. You had, of course, football on Saturday. How you holding up over there? I'm surviving. Um, yeah, that was definitely one of the busier weekends in Cyclone Sports history, and one of the best. I mean, they won, Iowa State won women's basketball twice, a men's basketball game. They took home cross-country regional titles. They obviously won the football game. They dominated in wrestling. So, really long weekend and a really good weekend uh, for Iowa State fans. That it was, and a victorious one on the football field. Let's start there first. Brock Purdy, solid again. Five incompletions of the game. One of them was a drop. He was spot on. The running game got going. Offensive line played pretty well. Defensively, I guess some questions on the back end of things, but overall, I, I don't think there's anything that you could point at really problem areas going into the matchup against Texas, short of what we're going to get to here in the suspension of David Montgomery. Right, exactly. Iowa State played a very complete game. Um, even special teams were pretty good. Kane Nuangu, um, kick returner, he had one return that went out to the 45. He had another one that went past the 30. He played well. Connor Asali made his field goals. Um, and then, like you said, Brock Purdy was lights out. He had his probably his best game as a Iowa State starting quarterback. 
Um, Dave Montgomery was playing well before the third quarter happened, and he got himself ejected. Um, but then Johnny Lang stepped in, and he averaged 4.5 uh, yards per carry. So a lot of good things around. Like you said, defensively, a little shaky at times. Um, and I think that was mostly due to Iowa State's pressure not hitting home. They sent quite a few blitzes, and they got to Charlie Brewer, um, Baylor's quarterback, but he somehow always find, found a way out of it, out of the predicament he found himself in. So um, I'm not sure if that's something to be concerned about long-term, but that was definitely something that was interesting on Saturday that Iowa State's pressure didn't actually hit home like it had been. Hey, Ben, good to talk to you. Um, can you explain to me, please, why football players throw punches? Because let me, <laughs> the, the, the person that's throwing the punch is going to lose. They're going to break their hand. It's, I mean, they're wearing helmets. Do we get this? Yeah. Uh, I'm in 100% agreement with you. Or if you are going to throw a punch, aim at their gut. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, don't, I guess. I don't condone violence, so don't throw punches. But, yeah, I do not understand trying to uh, punch a guy's helmet, and especially in the case of uh, Baylor's player, number 52. I forget the name off the top of my head. I think it's Roberts. I could be wrong about yeah, that. But number 52, he yep. tried to um, punch around a ref twice. Um, so that just seemed like bad decision-making on his part. And then Dave Montgomery retaliated, so... And they're both suspended. So, I mean, it is what it is now. Campbell says he's not too worried about it. They're going to do um, see how this week goes, decide a starting running back um, as the week progresses. So uh, it'll be interesting to see who comes out on that. I would guess my initial guess would be Johnny Lang, um, but I could see either Kenny Nuwangu or Sheldon Crony get in the start. But I, I would lean Lang or Nuwangu. So, as the brawl is going on, another layer to this story is something I can't ever remember seeing in a football field, and that was the security officers or police officers, whatever they may have been, coming out there onto the field. Help me out here, and is this something that is going to get more explanation, either from Iowa State or the Big 12 Conference? What were those guys doing out there? Yeah, so um, I think we all know, we've all seen the state patrol officers um, escort the coaches um, before games, after games, as they're shaking hands, all those sorts of things. Um, so those are common, and then they usually, from what I understand, um, the Ames PD and ISU PD, um, they're there more for fans is what I thought. Um, but, yeah, when that fight broke out, we obviously saw um, we saw the state um, patrol troopers. They, were, they weren't intervening on the fight but they were out on the field um they were making sure nothing like the sidelines stayed where they were supposed to stay nothing escalated beyond the sidelines um and then we saw obviously the isu pd officer who was the one restraining um roberts number 52 and then we saw i think another i don't know if it was ames or isu pd officer trying to grab hold of montgomery and i don't I honestly have no idea whether or not that's protocol or whether it's not protocol. Um, and I don't know what the Big 12's response on it is, but I would point out that earlier this season, Iowa State got fined $25,000 for not controlling a situation. Mm-hmm. Granted, that was more with fans than it was with players. Um, but Randy Peterson from the Des Moines Register made an interesting point on Twitter yesterday, that one that I hadn't considered, that the officers are out there um, and they have guns on them. And they're obviously not going to use the, their guns on the players, but if a, um, a snap gets unbuckled on their holster and it falls out, I mean, what happens then or something like that? There's a, there's a scenario where 
having a gun on a field isn't necessarily a good idea, even if it is a trained officer and even if it is secure. It's just it's an interesting situation that happened, and I'm not sure what the Big 12's response on it is going to be or if they have one. But that was, yeah, definitely an interesting layer that happened. <laughs> ben, I love um, questions like these. Uh, who's the biggest, baddest dude on the Iowa State team? Do you know? Is there one guy on the team that everybody would go, yep, he's the baddest. He's the biggest, toughest dude. That is a good <laughs> question. Is there one guy maybe or no? Overview. So a guy that pops into my mind immediately is Will McDonald. He's a true freshman, um, defensive end. Um, if you know Daniil Hunter for the Vikings, mm-hmm. uh, he's one of their defensive ends. He's, I don't know, 6'4", 230 pounds of just pure muscle and awesomeness. <laughs> um, Will McDonald reminds me a lot of him. Um, so not I don't know Will McDonald's personality at all, so I don't know if he is a one of the baddest dudes on the team, but he's definitely one of the biggest. And Oh, okay. Check everything I just said. Never mind. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Matt Leo, six okay. foot seven, two hundred and seventy six pounds of pure muscle. Matt Campbell last week compared him to a Greek god. Um, <laughs> he also compared him to a WWE star. The guy is he's Australian, played rugby, he's built out of muscle. I don't like there's not an ounce of fat on the guy. He is massive, he's huge. Um yeah, I, I his per, he's a nice guy, really nice guy. When we talked to him, he's an excellent interview, but he I think he could mess some people up. There's a good one. There's a good one. Well, turning the page from that, now it is Texas this week. They have their own set of headaches uh, with the continued tweets coming out from uh, former Ohio State wide receiver coach and and former colleague of one Tom Herman. That has been odd. Iowa State gets thrown in the mix with an Iowa State recruiting girl. Ben, do you know what an Iowa State recruiting girl is? Um, We're really going extent. down quite the path today, aren't we? <laughs> it's fun. Why not? <laughs> to an extent, I do. Um, when I was a student at Iowa State, um, and I'd be sitting in the student section long before I was a student reporter, um, you would see before the games the recruits with the recruiting girls, mm-hmm. like if that's what we're calling them. I'm not sure what their actual title is. Um, but, yes, I do know the gist of what um, he is referring to. Ah, yes, and uh, apparently, well, according to Zach Smith, there was an involvement yeah. there. But this is also Zach Smith. I don't know how much we could actually really take uh, for what this guy has been saying. But Herman's going to be answering these questions this week. You know, it's going to be brought up. It's going to going to be a distraction. Iowa State, their own distraction, obviously, with the suspension of Montgomery. Does it tip the scales one way or the other in your mind, or it's just a football game? We're going to figure that out on Saturday night. I think it's going to be a football game, and it's going to get figured out, um, especially on Iowa State side. I don't think the Montgomery suspension is – it'll impact its on-the-field um, production, but I don't think it's going to be too much of a distraction for Iowa State. I think Matt Campbell is really, really good at making sure things don't become distractions. So I wouldn't be too worried from Iowa State – too worried from Iowa State side. But Texas, Coach Tom Herman, he's obviously one of those fiery – kind of coaches, so I'm not sure. I would assume it's not going to impact them. I think he knows what he's doing in terms of that, but I I also don't know because I've never talked to him or interviewed him, or I don't really know that much about him. So I doubt it would be a distraction for him. It's definitely something that's out there, and I think it's something the media will talk about, and, I mean, I'm fine with that. I think it's funny. I think it's interesting. Um, 
but I don't think it's going to be too much of a distraction for Texas. So I think this will all get figured out on Saturday, and it should just be a game as usual. Yeah, Ben, do you have one or two things that um, going forward Iowa State could improve on the most to actually so they'd reach their ceiling? Is there one or two things out there on offense or defense that this is where it needs to be uh, improved upon? Right. Um, the running game, which is interesting to say that Dave Montgomery is the running back, but there are still times when the offensive line doesn't get a good push. There are times when it's neutral at the point of attack, the offensive line doesn't get a push forward. It's Montgomery just gets stood up right away, um, creating more holes for him. And then when Montgomery's out and you are using um, Nwangu or Lang or even Crony, um, they don't have the talent quite that Montgomery does. So you got to you don't have to make bigger holes for him, but you got to make better holes for him. Nwangu um, is more of a running in space kind of guy, so he doesn't quite need a hole. You just need to make sure you seal the edge for him. But um, yeah, the running game offensively is something I'd look at, and it's a one-game sample for the defense, but the blitzes that Haycock calls need to hit home um, with more success. And I realize they had been hitting home, especially against Oklahoma State. And uh, I forgot the other team where they got seven sacks, but they had two games in a row they had seven sacks. So it's, I don't think it's a big concern, but it, it is something to watch for against Texas to see if Iowa State's pressure does get to the Texas quarterback. And I forget if they're using Shane Bushell or Ellinger right now. I think it's Ellinger. It is, and he's been playing at a high, high level for Texas. Going to be interesting, and got to get that uh, backside of the defense. Corey Brewer was slicing him up at times for Baylor yeah. on Saturday. Hey, one final thing on the football front. Got a basketball question for you before we let you go, and that is the Longhorn Network over under number of tweets asking, mm-hmm. oh, where, where can I find this game? It, 667 on DirecTV. That's all I know. That's where I'll be watching at home Saturday <laughs> night. You're going to get a lot of those tweets. Are you excited for that Saturday? I am not. Um, I got a email from my editor today to make sure I put it in every story I write. So uh-huh. I wrote one today. Um, let's find it. Okay, so yep, like you said, 60, 667 for DirecTV, 407 for Dish Network. Um, so those are the two places you're going to find it if you're in the state of Iowa um, or surrounding area. Longhorn Network is only broadcast in texas which is dumb um and i already have started getting tweets i've gotten a few emails asking me what channel it's going to be on i'm sure my editor did considering he's he also emailed me to make sure i put in every story i write so yeah uh longhorn network is not anyone's friend right now besides the people in texas well that that again that's at ben visser 43 make sure to ask him plenty of times on saturday he'll like that <laughs> hey, w- give out your password on Cyclones uh, TV if you don't mind, Ben. <laughs> you can't get it on Cyclones TV. It's oh, Longhorn geez. Network. Right. Oh, it's only, only Longhorn Network. Yeah. I put that in my story, too. It's only, you can't even, like, I could almost understand it, almost understand it if you could get it on Cyclones TV, but you can't. You can't even get it on there. So you're, you got to go, if you do have DirecTV or Dish, you're solid. But if you don't have either of those two things, you got to go to your favorite local watering hole and um, watch the game with some friends. That's not a bad thing either. Not a bad thing either. No, it's not. Let's get you out of here with this. Basketball tonight, Texas Southern team that beat Baylor earlier this year, depleted Iowa State team. Concerns at all for this game? What are you looking for this evening? Yeah, there are a few concerns, um, especially because they did beat Baylor, and they have a seven foot two guy, which I didn't know until today. Um, I don't know where they found their 7-2 guy because most 7-2 <laughs> guys are going to be power 5 guys. So, And he's actually good. 
Yeah, like, well, he was Trump a Power 5 guy. Guys. He started at Auburn. Oh, was he really? Yeah, started at okay, Auburn. Okay, so that'd be why. Um, yeah, he's averaging 14.5 points a game. Um, yeah, he's 14 rebounds a game. Real good player. So um, Iowa State, obviously, um, is lacking some post-depth right now. So their only two big guys are Michael Jacobson and George Condit with Solomon Young and Cameron Lard out. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle um, the seven foot two Trayvon Reed. Um, and then they had another kid that torched Baylor um, from three-point range. Um, let me pull up that box score real quick if I can. Uh, schedule. Box score. Who's the <laughs> biggest bad arse on the basketball team? <laughs> um, that's a good question. I'll take Wiggins. Cam Lard? I would think so. I would go with Lard myself. Lard or Salmon Young. Both those guys, they're big. They got a, They got some meat on them. <laughs> but I, I'd nuts. go with Lard myself. <laughs> We're idiots, and I love it. <laughs> it's Texas Southern tonight for Iowa State. Ben Vister will be there. Don't ask him questions about Longhorn Network, but you can follow him on Twitter <laughs> at BenVister43. Ben, as always, good catching up with you. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Ben. Fun stuff out of Ben. As we get the time out from the Cyclones, we go to the Hawkeyes next. Steve Patterson from the Quad City Times as we continue. It's The Drive on 1700 The Champ. Every Chiefs football game right here. Terminate this football game. The Chiefs radio network lives on 1700. Let's go, champ! The champ. 1700 The Champ with Central Iowa's most accurate forecast from Local 5. Our forecast for tonight, decreasing clouds, very cold, wind chill values in the single digits, actual temperature near 12, then mostly sunny and not as cold on Tuesday with a high of 33. I'm Local 5 Chief Meteorologist Brad Edwards. From a bear messing up a car interior to a deer damaging a pool liner, we've covered it. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. The Drive with Wolfgang and Trent Condon. Real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 Fifth Champ. We take you up until 6 o'clock each and every weekday here on 1700. The Champ, Trent and Wolfgang back with you. Time to get back into the Hawkeyes. Thanks again to Ben Visser from the Cedar Rapids Gazette for joining us and uh, looking for some Iowa State coverage this evening as they take on uh, Texas Southern. Find his work at thegazette.com backslash sports and, of course, on Twitter at BenVisser43. Joining us right now, we take a look at the Hawkeyes. Steve Batterson from the Quad City Times here on a Monday. Steve, how are things out east? All is well. Good afternoon. Are are you sure? Because... uh, Boy, from the temperature I'm getting from some, some Hawkeye fans, I, I, I don't know if they're uh, – are, are they going to disband the football program? Is that the direction they're heading? Oh, I think they'll probably forge ahead here. There, there are more <laughs> games to be played, and all will be well again at some point. Uh, although it was a little rough on Saturday, for sure, for a lot of folks. It has been a frustrating one against Northwestern, their third consecutive loss to the Wildcats, all in a different kind of fashion here. Cold day in Kinnick Stadium. It, you – Figured Iowa was going to revert back to some of the things that they did, and that certainly was the case. Steve, as you're watching the game unfold from the luxury of the press box, what what was the f- most frustrating thing that you saw from an Iowa perspective? Well, I, I, just the inability to to move the ball on the ground, I think, is is where uh, Iowa's issues started. Uh, you know, one of the things that this Iowa team has done uh, the past couple of weeks, at least, uh, they've shown some uh, enough. 
enough of a ground game to kind of work the clock and, and, and be able to kind of mix that in with the pass and get things going. But uh, uh, that didn't play out that way on Saturday. And, and, you know, it turned into a punt fest, which is exactly what Northwestern wanted it to be. Um, you know, the fact that Northwestern was able to kind of get things going on the ground, too, uh, a team that came in averaging 94 yards per game rushing, and, and uh, you know, they walk away with a, a freshman running back in a, uh, who had 165 yards and Isaiah Bowser. And, uh, it, it was a combination of, of those two things, I think, that probably led to most of Iowa's frustration. Uh, you know, they kind of got beat playing their own game. Hi, Steve Wolfgang here. I'm 6'5", 245 pounds, and I have a 42-and-a-half-inch vertical leap. Would you play me? <laughs> well, yeah, certainly. I think there, I think there's got to be a spot on the field for you. Maybe tight end. <laughs> yeah. uh, Appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> nine uh, snaps there, Steve. Nine snaps in the second half for Noah Fant. As you can imagine, a lot of people scratching their head about that one. Uh, yeah, uh, myself included. Uh, you know, it's... It, 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 doesn't make a lot of sense uh, on on the surface. Uh, you know, everybody's saying the right things. Um, you know, Noah, uh, in, in talking with him post game, uh, was you know, uh, you know, it's a coach's decision. It's the one he's going to be on the field, and and um, you know, I, I think he's seen it enough to this at this point that that he's kind of numb to to the questions about it. Uh, I think that uh, you know, if there's any frustration, it's not it's not necessarily uh, being expressed verbally, or certainly not uh, you know in facial expressions or anything like that. Uh, um, yeah, he'd like to be out there for every play. Every every player on that roster would like to be out there for every play. Uh, there's obviously a reason why that's not happening. Um, um, you know, to, to his uh, credit, I guess you could say, uh, you know, he he's not sharing with us anything beyond the. You know the coach speak that that uh, that we're getting from the coaches, and that uh, that he's being a good teammate. And uh, um, you know, obviously, uh, the guys that we are seeing on the field, T.J. Hawkinson's having a terrific season, and I, I, you know, you can't question that. Uh, um, you know, we're seeing a lot of Nate Whiting, uh, sophomore, who's uh, uh, you know going to be our junior. Excuse me, he's going to be around for another year or two. Uh, so we're seeing the future at, at that position. Which I think provides a hint as, as to what might be going on, and that, uh, uh, in that maybe Noah has, has uh, passed along the uh, the information that he, you know that he plans for this to maybe be his final year at Iowa, um, and that's just a certainly a guesswork on my part, but uh, it certainly would make sense as to why he's not out there. You know, Steve, uh, an- another component to this is of course the the brother of Noah Fant was outspoken on Twitter after the Minnesota game about his usage. There's been a few other things that have cropped up. Is there a possibility there could be something a little bit more sinister here, a message being sent by Kirk Ferentz and the football staff to to Fant and to his family? Could it go even even deeper than what we're talking about here on the surface level? Well, I don't know if it's sinister or not. I mean, you know, what we're not privy to is, is what conversations have taken place between Iowa's coaches and, and, and the family of, of, of Noah Fant. And, and uh, you know, and, and neither side has really been willing to, to share any anything that may have uh, occurred verbally or, or, or any other means of the communication. So, uh, you know, I, 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 I think that, you know, certainly I think coaches uh, – uh, as Noah has said repeatedly uh, since our first conversation with him, maybe two or three weeks ago, uh, which would have been his first media op in, in a month, 
um, you know, the, the, the coaches are the guys who, who get paid to decide who is on the field. And, uh, and you know, and that's, that, that is 100% correct. And, and uh, you know, I, I don't think they're doing anything to specifically punish, you know, Noah Fant for, for you know, comments that his brother may have made. Um, I, I think that it's, uh, you know, I think it's more of a of a situation that uh, it's awkward, I think, on a lot of fronts. I mean, you have a terrific athlete. Now, I, I will say this. I mean, you know, he was on the field for nine sta- snaps. He was targeted a couple of times. He caught one ball, and he gained zero yards. Uh, uh, you know, that wasn't necessarily probably the production they were looking for. Uh, uh you know, meanwhile, uh, Hawkinson catches seven balls for 89 yards. Uh, there's, there's a, you know, a, there's a relationship there in, in terms of what's happening when plays are being made. Uh, and, and we've seen that for a few games, too. And part of that is that Hawkinson's playing pretty well. Uh, and so I think that when they are in those one tight end sets, it, it does make some sense to, to go with Hawkinson at this point. Um, now, uh, why... You know, you can't put Noah in, in a, at a slot in, in those sets and, and maybe increase your opportunities to, to move the ball in a number of different ways. Um, that, that's, a, that's a coaching question, and, and that's something that they've obviously chosen not to, not to do. Yeah, and Stephen, I'm excuse me, I'm a matchup guy, whether it's basketball, whether it's MMA, boxing, football, it doesn't matter. I'm a matchup guy, and I look at he is a mismatch nightmare for everybody. Why we don't throw it to him in the end zone for him to go make a play is beyond me. Um, I couldn't believe when Trent told me the nine snaps in the second half. I, to me, that just and I'm a Brian Ferentz and a Kirk Ferentz dude. I've had those, I've had their back and will continue to have their back. But that's a matchup thing. That's where you you have to go exploit that mismatch. Um, as as far as Northwestern, um, to me, it's a little bit. And I I will admit that I grew up in the you know. The 80s, so I saw you know when Iowa used to kick the you know what out of Northwestern. <laughs> Northwestern doesn't stink anymore. This just in, they're actually a good program. Um, are you sensing more um, people getting angry over the whole Northwestern thing lately? Well, I, yeah, I think there is some of that. I think, and I think there is a segment of the fan base who still remembers how how bad some of those Northwestern teams you know were, and and they they recall the uh, the uh, Hayden Fry quotes. Uh, you know, in an era when when Pat Fitzgerald was playing for the Wildcats, that uh, when you know Hayden, uh, you know, told the opposing coach at that time, uh, you know, I hope we didn't hurt any of your boys. <laughs> and <laughs> and you know, and and that that quote has has lived on in in Pat Fitzgerald's ears for for two decades. Um, you know, the guy can coach. The guy has a nice program. He's done. Uh, you know. He, He's eight and five against Iowa uh, as a head coach at Northwestern, and um, you know, and it's not just Iowa. I mean, this is—he's got a team that is six and one in the Big Ten right now. They've, uh, you know, the only loss that they have on their record is a three-point loss to a Michigan team that's been kicking the snot out of everybody out east. And uh, you know, this is a Northwestern team that—it's not a lot to look at. Uh, you know, statistically, they're not impressive at all. But but the eye test on Saturday, what you saw was you saw a couple of linebackers in the middle of that defense who were pretty darn good. They were good enough to to shut down a, whatever attempt of a running game that Iowa was was working to make on on Saturday. Um, and offensively, 
they, they just kind of do enough. I mean, they're not gonna they're not gonna you know wow you with anything. Uh, and, you know, Clayton Thorson is not as mobile as he was before he had his knee operated on uh, what ten months ago now. Uh, you know, the the, uh, the Bowser kid you know wasn't even supposed to be on the field this season, but you know Jeremy Larkin has to to retire from the game because of a a medical situation four games into it. So all of a sudden you're looking for for new running backs, and, uh, uh, you know, this kid has kind of emerged. Uh, you know, he had some success against Wisconsin a couple of weeks ago. Really, a lot of what Northwestern did against Iowa on Saturday was kind of the same type of thing that they did against Wisconsin a couple of weeks before. Uh, you know, they, they eliminated the run game, uh, or at least minimalized it, and uh, and they were able to get just enough offense to kind of get some things going. And, uh, you know, I, you wonder what would have happened if, if I was – you know, sophomore running backs wouldn't have, have dropped the ball on on a couple of late occasions, but you know, it, it just kind of summarizes what's going on with the Hawkeyes right now. It's it's something a little different each week. Um, you know, last week at Purdue, it was uh, uh, you know a situation where the freshman corners were getting burnt, and and you know, this past weekend, it was a couple of first year guys at, at the running back position who couldn't hold on to the ball down the stretch. Uh, when Iowa, you know, was attempting to, to craft a comeback. And uh, it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things this team's going to have to find a way to mentally fight through and, and, and get past. But, uh, you know, certainly a lot of disappointment. Uh, uh, although I will point out I did uh, I did call this an 8-14 before the season started. <laughs> and I feel I'm okay about that right now. You're <laughs> yeah, on track. Assuming, assuming that they can find a way to kind of get the ship right. And uh, Nebraska's playing better football. We'll see about that. Steve, as always, good catching up with you. Thank you so much for your time today. You bet. My pleasure. Take care. Steve Batterson joining us from the Quad Cities Times as we take a look around Iowa football. Quick time out here, coming back on the other side. The 5 o'clock hour in the top 5 at 5 is next on 1700 The Champ. Wake up with the all-new morning show on 1700 The Champ. Taz and the Moose. Every weekday morning from 4.30.